Welcome to the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series, where your host, Andy Jacob, interviews leading entrepreneurs, founders, and CEOs about their incredible companies and discusses their unique entrepreneurial journeys. If you're the CEO or founder of an exciting and exceptional company, the editorial team of Dotcom Magazine welcomes you to pitch your business story to appear on this exciting interview series by reaching out to Mr. Jacob at Dotcom Magazine at dotcommagazine.com. And without further ado, here is another amazing entrepreneurial story on the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. Good afternoon, everyone. Andy Jacob here with the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. I have an incredible show today. Settle in your seats, grab some water. You're going to want to listen to the entire show. We have really brought on a couple of true leading experts, trailblazers in the field. We've been able to book Dr. J.T. Kosman and Brian Gallagher the co-founders of Protected by AI. Let me give you a little introduction about these gentlemen. It's absolutely unbelievable. We've been able to get them on the show. Dr. Kosman is a worldwide leader in the field of artificial intelligence and cognitive thinking. And Brian Gallagher, you've probably heard of Brian. He's a trailblazer in the field of security and risk management. They're doing such great, uh, great work with their business and their company, Protected by AI. They're best-selling authors. We're going to get into it all in just a little bit. But again, it's absolutely incredible to have you both on the show. Brian, I want to start with you because I just want to pull the lens back just a little bit and tell the viewing audience and tell the people listening on the podcast as well, how you and Dr. J.T. Kosman have gotten together uh, to put together Protected by AI. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to, happy to talk about that and, and really discuss that. So uh, one of the things that you'll, you'll hear with talking to, to both myself and uh, my business partner and, and one of my, my true best friends, J.T., is, is uh, we really came from, from similar backgrounds. So, um, you know, I've always been a, an entrepreneur at heart ever since uh, I was a kid. And, and a lot of that had to do with uh, my upbringing. And um, uh, early on, my, uh, uh, my dad was a, a business owner, an entrepreneur, and, and lost his company. Um, and we ended up actually going homeless. And I said, you know, I never want that for, for me or my family. And so very much into um, business and, and looking for, for opportunities. But uh, 9-11 happened, and, and for me, that was really a, a turning point in my career, my direction. Um, and, and after 9-11, I went into the, the U.S. Secret Service and really focused on, on technical security. So anything from, uh, you know, explosives on, on one side to uh, electronic countermeasures and cybersecurity on another, that was really where I spent a, a majority of, of my time for, for about a decade. Um, and that just... the uh, allowed me to, to travel the world and, and see needs, um, uh, both in, in industry and within government. Um, but uh, after about a decade of that, uh, I went into to being a, a really a serial entrepreneur and focused in international business, uh, staying in that whole world of, of security, uh, some in cybersecurity and, and physical security. 
And it was about a few years back, um, uh, I was looking at really this need for frontier technologies and, and looking at uh, the growing industry, this, this intersection of, of cybersecurity and physical security and big data and artificial intelligence. And I, I went online and I did a Google search, uh, probably similar to you. And I said, who is the, the leading expert uh, in this space, the applied artificial intelligence and cognitive computing and experience in, in government and intelligence? And lo and behold, the name that popped up uh, was the other person in this interview. And that was Dr. JT Kosman. And I said, you know what? That name sounds really familiar. And, um, you know, when we have uh, more time, or maybe we'll dig into it a little bit today, but uh, JT and I are past crossed about 10 years prior. Uh, again, when I was working for the Secret Service and he was working for the intelligence community, and uh, I'll let him get in and, and tell a little bit of uh, his background and, and that story. But that's really what, what brought us together to, to where we're at today. Ryan, that's an incredible story. <laughs> Obviously, the family story resonates because you wanted to do something for your, yourself and your family, 9-11 came around and really focused you in on what you wanted to do and how you wanted to approach your life. And it's really fascinating. Dr. Kosman, uh, now Dr. Kosman has told me that I could call JT, him JT, so I'm going to call him JT for the rest of the interview. JT, welcome to the show. What I'd like for you to do to start the show is pull the lens back to 30,000 feet, if you don't mind, and tell us about protected by AI. Sure, I would love to. You know, protected by AI, I would love to take all the credit for it, but the credit really goes to my business partner, to my co-founder, best friend, Brian. Uh, as he mentioned, our paths crossed in, I think it was 2010, 2011, and it was one of those Jack Bauer moment kind of a stories. Literally, we ended up saving the life of the president and everyone rejoiced and it was all good. And he was working for the Secret Service at the time. I was working in the US intelligence community and he, we, we, we became friends. We talked a little bit, we laughed, we had some good times and then we parted ways. Well, about a decade later, my phone rings and it's this guy. And he said, you know, I, I, I know I'm looking at your profile and I see that you're just sitting on boards and I know you, so you must be bored. How about getting off the bench and getting back in the game? I want to create a new company that uses AI and frontier technologies to protect people, property, places, and profits. And he knew me and he knew that would resonate with me. See, like Brian, I have a somewhat similar background. I started out as a homeless kid living on the streets of New York, and then I got into computers in the 1970s, uh, got tired of working in basements, and made a, a weird career for myself. Over the course of the last many years, I was a paramedic, a police officer, a deep sea diver. I ended up being with the U.S. Army Special Forces, and I've always had this commitment to serve and to be able to give back. And even when I went on to my professional career in the arena I'm in now, I went back, got some degrees. I'm a data scientist, a mathematician, a psychologist, and working at the intersection of those, whether for Samsung, where I was the chief data scientist, Time Inc., I was the chief data officer. But then for the U.S. intelligence, defense, and security agencies, I built a bunch of those capabilities, and frankly, I missed it. I missed being of service. I missed doing something to help people. And the line Brian got me with, I kid you not, was what I want to do, he told me, is on Davids with slingshots to combat the Goliathan forces they face. And in fact, I'll tell you, 
He literally sent me a slingshot. <laughs> he said, I need a new tech version of this. I need to be able to create some frontier technologies that will help our, what will be our clients and the countries that will serve combat all those forces that are allied against them. I'm tired of just the, the fortunate few and the fortune 50 having those capabilities. Can we bring that to protected by AI? That was the genesis of our company. JT, I love it. It's so interesting. You started thinking about protecting people and property, places and profit. I love that so much. You've put together an incredible platform. We're going to talk about it momentarily, but Brian, I want to go to you for a minute and I don't know if you can discuss it, but Something that JT said, our, our, our viewers are just going to be thinking about, so I might as well just, just nail it right now. He mentioned that you saved the life of a president. I mean, we have to get that out on the table. If you can't talk about it because it's classified, I totally understand it, Brian. But please tell us that story quickly, and then we'll move on to what Protected by AI is doing uh, to be the David with the slingshots. No, absolutely. I'll, I'll give you the highlights. And um, what JT and I always say is it's always better over scotch. Um, but the, the short story of it um, was, I believe it was 2010, 2011. Um, it was the, the APEC Summit, the Asian Pacific Economic Conference, and it was happening uh, in uh, Hawaii, the island of Oahu. Um, I had been stationed out there uh, working uh, with, uh, with my team, with the Secret Service, and JT uh, was working back uh, in, uh, in Northern Virginia uh, with the intelligence community. Uh, JT was actually tasked working with uh, an FBI group um, and, and built a system. This is where we'll have to, to stay, stay high level here. But uh, basically uh, looking at social media for, for different pieces of information. Uh, and, and his team uh, found a, a credible threat. And that threat was uh, against President Obama uh, in Hawaii. Um, and JT, you know, made his phone calls and, and it went up and, and through the channel and uh, over to Hawaii and ultimately down to my team. Um, my team on the ground was responsible for uh, hazardous materials. So anything from explosives to chemical and nuclear uh, biological threats. So um, when JT's team had the intelligence that there was uh, explosives uh, on scene, um, we got dispatched out, and I think it was within about eight minutes from the time he got the intelligence to the time that uh, the situation was was taken care of. Um, so really, it's uh, I mean, I, I like to tell people that um, most of most of the job was suits and sunglasses, but occasionally we got to got to have some fun like that. So. <laughs> Brian, that's a wonderful story. You and JT collaborated and you you remain friends and now business partners ever since. It's absolutely ama amazing. The two of you have really navigated more real life and death situations than just about anybody in the business today. You know, uh, as, J as JT said, your story is filled with Jack Bauer type moments. JT, when we think about you know, this technology that you've been able to put together, it's very interesting because what I'm hearing is that you wanted to put something together with Brian that allows smaller companies the opportunity to have the similar type of protective technology as Fortune 500 companies. So let's dive into that a little bit, JT, and talk about that mindset and what you're what your protected by AI system does. Yeah, and that's exactly right. We decided we were going to look at two sides of the coin. 
uh, I'm always reminded it's not what you make, it's what you keep, right? And so you have to look at both. You have to look at being able to increase your efficiencies, your productivity, your profitability, your quality, your service, those things. But you also have to secure the castle because if not, what's the good of it all? And that's what we really decided to do was say, how could we be able to leverage, scale the same sorts of technologies that I built when I was at Time Inc., at Samsung, with the Intel community, with these, as you can imagine, massive budgets. What we realized was the average company and average, quote unquote, right, the small, the mid-sized company, the real companies that enable not just the American economy, but the world economy are being increasingly left behind. And how are they being left behind? Because these Goliaths, have all the assets, all the capabilities to do these things. Forrester Research came out a couple of years ago and said that AI-enabled companies will take $1.6 trillion from their less capable peers by the end of this year. That's the biggest economic shift in history. We're seeing it happen right in front of it. It's being catalyzed by COVID, by the need for or the lack of need for co-location, by competition, by these companies that have the budgets to invest in this tech. And so what we said was, you know what? We take in our company uh, what's called a microservices architectural approach. In plain English, we build little Lego building blocks of all the components you need for these sophisticated AI-enabled solutions, and we snap them together. And that allows us to customize, to calibrate, to give customers, clients, even countries that we work with, those same capabilities that they would otherwise have to invest tens of millions, hundreds of millions. I spent when I was on the ex executive committee of Time Inc., when I was chief data scientist for Samsung, tens and hundreds of million dollars to build these things. Well, once you've built the component, you can leverage some of these capabilities again. And so that's what we did for that side of our house. But then we saw the other side had an unmet need. You know, the SolarWinds hack was a real wake-up call for Brian and I. We were, we're working with uh, a couple of government entities, and we saw the ravages of what this could do, what, what kind of impact what is called a supply chain attack could have. And so the short version is we put our heads together and we solved it. We came up with a process with a capability that we have already brought to patent, that uh, we have applied for patent, that we have uh, built, we've developed, we've de and we are now delivering to clients, to companies, to countries around the world to keep their software safe. And that is a capability we call CodeLock. I love it. I love it. So here we go. There was the, probably one of the biggest hacks in the history of the world, the solar winds attack. You, uh, you and, of course, Brian got together and were talking either by the phone or in person, and you decided that you wanted to do something about it. And you put your heads together and you said to yourselves, you know, if we do A, B, and C and put our heads together, we might be able to come up with something to, to stop future solar winds type hacks. Well, and let me say, isn't that what entrepreneurs do, right? There's this myth in the general public that entrepreneurs look for opportunity. I don't think they do. I think they look for pain. And I think entrepreneurs look for pain and how you can resolve it and how you can come up with a way to help your potential clients, help a market, help people overcome those obstacles, those pains, those things that get in their way. And so, yeah, that's exactly what we did. And by the way, phone call or real life, literally, I was working at my home gym, 
six in the morning. He's working out at his own gym. It occurs to me, and we're texting back and forth, and we end up sitting in our respective home gyms till I think it was 8.30 in the morning. By 9.30, we had our patent lawyers on the phone with us, and we were ready to go. I love it, JT. It's such a great story. So, Brian, take us inside that conversation because that's an aha moment that you and JT had. You're talking about the Solar Winds hack. You're both in your home gyms. You're both working out. You're both ready to go. And all of a sudden, you get on the phone with JT. So, let's talk about what I call the aha moment. Take us inside that phone call so other entrepreneurs can sort of see the process of, of having an aha moment and then putting it into play. Sure. Before we get into the phone call, I think I need to take you 24 hours back so you understood where the, where the mindset was going and why we were really thinking through this problem. So uh, one, of our, one of our clients that we were working with was the Department of Homeland Security. Um, and we had a meeting set up uh, the, the following day, uh, actually with their executive committee. So working with the, you know, the, the undersecretaries um, and, and some of their C-suite on, on different issues. And the issue we were focused on was actually one of our other products that had to do with uh, supply chain and, and understanding where parts and pieces of, of um, uh, materials and products were coming from. And so uh, as JT and I were, were planning for that meeting, uh, knowing that solar winds just happened, I mean, the largest uh, cyber attack you know, ever, um, we both you know, looked at each other and said from a strategy perspective, hey, we're going into this meeting they're not going to hear a word we have to say um, uh, about our, our supply chain um, product. You know, it happens to be that SolarWinds is called a supply chain attack, although those were two separate, two separate things. Uh, so really, you know, we just started, started thinking. And, um, you know, I, I mentioned my background, but um, I have a master's degree in, in cybersecurity uh, and computer forensics. And, you know, JT has been coding on a computer since before I was born. Um, and, uh, you know, <laughs> so, so really coming at this from a, a security perspective and a computer programming perspective, and as both putting on our, our law enforcement hats, it, it allowed us, I think, to see the problem from a, a different perspective. You know, most of these people are trying to attack this issue either directly from, from the cybersecurity side or directly from the computer programming side, but very few people, I think, have the experience and the perspective that we both had coming to that. So now, fast forwarding to uh, the the next day when we're when we're in the gym, um, you know, a little tidbit that that's worth adding. Uh, JT and I um, have a ownership in a in a fitness uh, entity, so we're partaking in what we call the founders fat off. And uh, over a course of a year, we're trying to see who can lose the, the most weight and um, kind of counter the, the impacts of COVID. Uh, so, you know, us being in the gym every morning is uh, important due to our pride. But with that being said, you know, he, he sends me a text and he just asked me a series of questions. He said, Brian, you know, put your law enforcement hat on. And he said, when you go to a crime scene, you know, what's the first thing you do? And, you know, my response was simple. You know, I looked for evidence and uh, JT says, okay, well, what do you do with the evidence? Well, I, I tag it and I photograph it and I ultimately put it in a container. And he said, exactly. Well, then what do you do with the container? And I said, well, I, I sign it and I start a chain of custody. And JT just stopped. And that's when the text went to the phone call. And he said, exactly. Why are we not doing that with computer code? Why are we not doing that with software? And that was the aha moment. 
It was something that was so basic and so simple that wasn't being done. So as JT had mentioned, um, at that point in time, I said, well, we'll stop right there. You know, this is brilliant. I need to get our attorneys on the phone. And, you know, I don't want to take one step in the wrong direction, you know, until we know that we're legally covered. And this was, uh, this was about a week before Christmas and credit to our attorneys um, and, and JT and the technical team. But we had our, our write-ups done and everything filed within that week. And we were able to then go back to DHS and say, all right, here you go. Um, you know, here's, here's it all on paper. And, you know, what do you think? Um, and uh, we were surprised but grateful that DHS actually came back with a, an endorsement. Um, and uh, we'll, we have that, that public. And uh, we'll talk a little bit about the, I think, the book that we just published. But, you know, right on the front of it, we make sure to, to highlight that, uh, which is uh, something that we're very proud of. Brian, that's an amazing story. Uh, you're helping so many companies weather the storm with your technology. You're helping so many smaller companies afford the same type of technology and AI as Fortune 500 companies. You and JT really have come on to the scene with something very important that you're calling Code Lock. JT, let me turn the conversation to your end of the uh of the dynamic duo team just for a minute, JT, because you have a new book that's become an Amazon bestseller very, very quickly. It's an incredible book. And I love it because it's it's called Stay Stay Cyber Safe. And it really is is written so that CEOs have an understanding of what they should know about cybersecurity. So it was really brilliant to write this book as well. Maybe take us inside your and Brian's thought process with regard to writing the book, maybe in conjunction with what's happening at CodeLock to make sort of like a perfect strategy for your business. Yeah, uh, and thank you so much. We're, we're pretty proud of the book. And the reason we're proud of it is, again, in the spirit of entrepreneurialism, it was to meet an unmet need meet a pain and address the pain. Brian and I kept having uh, our colleagues, clients, companies coming to us after SolarWinds and saying, frankly, what is all this stuff? What They're talking, you know, TCP, IP and this and that. And I don't even know what people are talking about. And one of the things that uh, I've gained some notoriety for is a capability to make complex concepts comprehensible, clearly, quickly, cogently. And so turning gobbledygook into plain English. I speak English is my first language. And I, I think I can translate tech into that. And so Brian and I, and, and Brian has very much the same skill. And he and I were being inundated. We were spending so much time on calls, holding people's hands and trying to explain to particularly senior level executives who tend to be very, very, very bright people but they don't necessarily have the technical acumen and this isn't their arena. And so they want it explained in a way they can get their head around. And so our guide has always been to make things so simple, even a CEO can understand it, right? Brilliant people, but they don't care about the technology. And we kept explaining this and we finally said, to, Brian said to me, uh, why don't you just write some of this down, what you're talking about in an email so I can communicate some of this of what you're saying, because I think it adds so much to what I say about this. Okay. And I did. And he said, well, what about this? And what about, and he kept asking me emails. And finally, 
I said, what do you want me to write a book? And he said, you know, let's do that. And we did. And literally we sat down that day and we started to crank out a book and we said, let's give them none of the nonsense, but what they actually need to know, what you need to know to stay cyber safe. If you're a CEO or a senior executive, and so that you can have a meaningful conversation with your chief technology officer, with your chief information security officer, with those vendors who always come with some magical product, how do you talk to them? And we also decided we would use that as a vehicle to explain this invention of code lock. And we would do that not to be self-serving, although it certainly does serve our need to be able to talk about our product and what we're bringing, but to explain that they're really, when you talk about getting hacked, there are really three different kinds of attacks. And this is the solution for this type of attack. If you're a software developer, if you develop code for yourself or for your clients or customers, you can no more be without this invention than you could be without shoes walking outside in the winter. And here's what it's really all about in very plain English. I love it, JT. It makes all the sense in the world. You know, you've got the robot over your right shoulder from Lost in Space, which I love. And uh, you're kind of like the Will Robinson of the, of the uh, forensic IT space, you know, helping so many people out. It's really amazing. Uh, so that's one of my favorite shows going back, and I'm showing my age a little bit, but I'm talking about Lost in Space when it was in black and white many, many uh, years ago. Danger Will Robinson. I love it. I love it. Now, Brian, let's talk a little bit about this this storm that's happening with some companies out here. You know, they're, they're, they're trying to figure out how to weather the storm. Some of them are having challenges. Some of them are having challenges because of COVID and the pandemic and the lockdowns, but others are having challenges with with trying to figure out how to weather the storm with their IT solutions and how not to get hacked and how not to get locked down and how not to get, you know, a ransomware attack. So, Brian, maybe you could sort of talk about how these companies can navigate and weather this current storm that's going on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely happy to talk about that. Um, it was funny when you were, you were talking about, you know, Danger Will Robinson. Um, when, you, when you get a copy of the book, and I know you've seen it, you'll, you'll know that we actually have a chapter where we, where we highlight that and highlight that, that robot in there. So that's, that's great. But, but yeah, when we're, when we're talking about how to, how to weather this storm, um, you know, people don't realize, but right now there's about a little over uh, 3 million, somewhere between 3 to 3.5 million shortage in cybersecurity talent around the world. Um, and that, that figure is a, a 2020 figure pre-COVID. And so now you have all of these businesses, ours included, that has pushed to a, a virtual environment. And you have these networks that have expanded, these people that are now remote, um, even governments, you know, and, and, and government personnel that are no longer working in an isolated environment. Uh, so the, the threat and the problem related to, to IT and related to cybersecurity is only growing and only getting worse. And so, you know, our approach is, is how can we take the tools that we have uh, and help them. You know, how can we sit down with the CEO uh, or CFO, you know, anybody uh, in that executive role and say, hey, listen, you have a fiduciary responsibility. You have a fiduciary responsibility to, uh, to your company, uh, to your shareholders, to your investors, um, and to your customers. 
and, and how can we help you succeed uh, in doing what, what you need to do? Um, how can we help you sleep at night so you're not worried about becoming the next SolarWinds uh, or being that headline on, on CNN or, or Fox uh, in a negative light? Um, you know, if you, if you look at what happened uh, on the, the, the ticker symbol for SolarWinds, uh, the day that this happened, I mean, it, it just it just dropped, and and we want to help companies prevent that. You know, if you're a business, you have a forty eight percent chance, forty eight percent. It's a flip of a coin uh, in, in in getting attacked, and so it's really something that people can't avoid and and not focus on uh, in today's world. And we wanted to be able to to bring a, a product and a solution. Uh, that could help them uh, help them solve that issue. Yeah. And That's you know, incredible, Brian. Forty-eight percent chance, <laughs> Brian. I want to stay with you just for a minute, and then I want to bounce back to JT. So, um, Brian, when we talk about uh, onboarding, maybe sure. you could tell us a little bit about the onboarding process for a company to get engaged with your company over at Protected by AI. Yeah, absolutely. So we're going to, um, the CodeLock is a, is a, is a SaaS solution. So it's available online. Um, you can either access it via, via our website, which is protected by .ai, uh, or it's going to have, uh, it does have its own dedicated website, which is just CodeLock it. So CodeLock.it. Uh, easy to remember uh, and easy to go to. And just like any other uh, software as a service, you can go online uh, select uh, what your need is based on how many developers you have, uh, and move forward with the with the ordering and onboarding process. Really, it's a it's a five minute um, effort to uh, go on and, and and go through the the sign up piece. If you're a larger entity, uh, we do have enterprise options, and and we'll have one of our sales team representatives get in touch with you to see how they can customize both the solution set and and pricing. But it's uh, it's pretty simple to use, pretty easy to use. Uh, and our goal was to, to make it really effortlessly uh, accessible to uh, our clients. Incredible. It's so awesome. It's a SaaS model. It's easy to engage. It's easy to get on the website and get going. JT, I know you and Brian built it that way. JT, when we think about uh, startup entrepreneurs and we talk about startup companies, is there one thing, JT, that they should be mostly concerned about in terms of security and risk management right now? Yeah, you know, I, I think that is the question of the day. I think so many small companies figure I'm too small to be bothered with. They're going to go after, you know, the banks and they're going to go after the big boys. 43% of cyber attacks target small businesses, not mid, small. If you're a small or a mid you are in the crosshairs. Why? Frankly, you probably don't have a, a chief information security officer that's costing you $300,000 a year if you're a small or mid-sized company. You don't have a full what's called security operations center. You don't have a budget for $3 million, $5 million, $6 million. And by the way, the average that companies are paying is about six to $8 million a year for cybersecurity. You can't afford that, which means you're an easy target. You're who they're going to come after. And talk about, not only do you have that exposure, uh, there was recently uh, a study done by University of Maryland over at the uh, Clark School, and they found that a hack attack occurs every 39 seconds. 
every 39 seconds, a significant. And this isn't some kid at a keyboard in his mom's basement. These, this is becoming big business, right? Uh, the, the hackers are starting to get together. They're forming consortia. There are nation states that are going after not just state secrets, but engaging in corporate espionage, pure theft. And when you talk about all the criminals that are allied out there, you know, Brian had made the point, COVID has become a catalyst for all this. Why? You have brilliant people all over the world that are unemployed. We talk about hundreds of thousands of jobs that have shut down. All you need to hack is access basically to a $200 Chromebook and an internet connection. And uh, uh, Brian doesn't like me to talk about it, but I started out as a hacker. You put me in front of a keyboard and I will be in your system. I don't do that sort of thing anymore, but the good hackers will tell you that no system is pretty much unhackable. You can get in anywhere. We've solved the problem for software developers and for the code itself, but we can't spoon feed those solutions to our clients. The clients have to take that responsibility. To Brian's point, you have to act as a responsible fiduciary. We, and the final thing on this, you know, we live in an age where every company has become a data company. I don't, and we work with, have worked with companies everywhere from medicine to mining to manufacturing. Everybody is about the data. If you're not taking data seriously, if you're not optimizing on those assets, and if you're not protecting those assets, I'll argue you're failing in your responsibility to all those stakeholders, whether they're your investors, your customers, your employees, or even yourself. That's unbelievable, JT. You know, this has become, unfortunately, a billion, multi-billion dollar business. You have the bad actors, whether they're state-sponsored or not, that build this terrible, you know, infective software to go out and then they hire affiliates and they tell the affiliates to go infect computer systems and they take a piece of the action. And while those affiliates are sending out this bad virus or this bad code, the, uh, the original uh, guys that are putting together the, the bad software, they go build something else so that when the old one sort of doesn't work anymore, they are ready now to give new ones to the affiliate. So it's absolutely a cat and mouse game. Is that what's going on, JT? You know, that's exactly right. And to your point, one of the stats that we cite in the book that, frankly, Brian and I had to go back and check it five times because we couldn't even believe it. By the end of this year, cybercrime collectively will be the third largest economy in the world. Yeah. Right after the U.S. and China displacing Japan as the third largest economy. Now, uh, we understand it's not just one enterprise yet. But when you talk about organized crime and talk about the changes we saw, even following uh, prohibition in the United States, right? Look at the drug cartels. What is inevitably next? We're going to see increasing cartels around cybercrime. We're already seeing it. We're seeing this sort of cybercrime dynamic of these enterprises coming together. And what does that do? They get more and more sophisticated, more and more capable, greater access, greater resources, they already collectively are the third largest economy on the planet. And I'll tell you, government has proven to be largely helpless in fighting this. Not just our government, all governments. It's the nature of the beast of how we created the internet. It's probably one of the greatest inventions in history, but it also has exposed us. And so we have to make sure that we're protecting ourselves and keeping ourselves safe. 
That's very insightful, JT, and thank you so much for that. I want to bounce back to Brian, and I know that you only have cut out a certain amount of time for me. I could stay on the show with both of you for a number of hours, but I know you guys are helping so many companies uh, with their cybersecurity. What you've been able to do with your with your code lock is absolutely incredible. I know you're selling off the shelves with your book, Stay Cyber Safe, which is just very, very interesting. It's an Amazon bestseller already, so congratulations on that. Yeah. Brian, I want to turn the, the discussion here at the end uh, of the time that you've allotted toward entrepreneurship, because we sure. do have entrepreneurs that are watching the show. And Brian, what do you say to the entrepreneurs from your particular mindset with your background, uh, you know, really in life and death situations, both you and JT, what do you say to the entrepreneurs that are having a tough time? What do you say to the entrepreneurs that, you know, are coming up across a pothole or a roadblock and they can't quite figure out how to get through it or around it? And maybe they need a little encouragement. Is there something from your, you know, background and experience of what you told us, which is just fascinating uh, going back prior to 9-11 with the homeless story, and you and JT both share something similar in that regard, but, but then you took 9-11 and you empowered yourself to become what you've become. How do you share with the younger entrepreneurs now what they can do to keep on pushing when the going gets tough? No, absolutely. Um, so both my background with the Secret Service and, and JT's and Special Forces, uh, we had what was called a no-fail mission. And so when, when we would go to work or when I would go to work, um, I, I couldn't fail. Me failing meant the president of the United States died. And, and that just wasn't acceptable. Um, and it hadn't happened since JFK and we weren't gonna allow it to happen on, on our watch. And so having that mindset and taking that mindset into business and taking that mindset into entrepreneurship is, uh, is really, I think, where the core is for both, both me and JT. And, you know, a, a direct example of that um, has been related to COVID. And, and listen, you know, we're, we're a small business. Uh, the last year has not been easy. Um, and, and we've had to find ways to, to fight through it. Um, and the word, you know, pivot comes to mind. We haven't changed strategy. Uh, we've, we've pivoted with the times. We've looked at, you know, where we can do better and do more. Um, and like any, any type of, uh, you know, mission or plan or, or business strategy, uh, there's not always one path, right? So, you know, when, when, one, uh, when one door closes, uh, we always have an option to go through another. Um, and if that door doesn't work, we'll jump through the window. I mean, and that's really how we, we focus uh, what we do and the way we think about both business and life. I love it, Brian. It makes all the sense in the world. That's incredible. I'd like to say goodbye to both of you and thank you both individually. JT, I wanted to thank you so much for coming on the show today. You know, when you get a worldwide leader in anything, it's very, very intriguing here at the Dotcom Magazine Entrepreneur Spotlight Series. And Dr. Kosman, being a, a worldwide leader in the field of artificial intelligence and cognitive thinking, it was just a delight to hear your perspective. And what I really loved about it, JT, was the fact that you've been able to co-author this book with Brian and break down this very technical sort of complicated thing into a book that's easily read by CEOs throughout the world so they really can understand what's going on in their business. JT, thank you so much for coming on the show today. Oh, been my honor and privilege. Really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you. 
You're welcome. And Brian, of course, you know, you're a trailblazer in the field of security and risk management. You and JT have put together an amazing business uh, with your code lock technology. It's protected by AI. Your stories are incredible. Uh, the fact that you and JT collaborated, uh, you know, many, many years ago and, and actually saved a president's life. Uh, President Obama is incredible. Wow, this is this is a story that just needs to be told what you and JT are doing together. Brian, I wanted to thank you absolutely. so much for coming on the show and putting this together for all of us to speak today. It's been absolutely an honor. Absolutely. Thank you very much for the time and, and look forward to speaking with you again. Mm -hmm.